All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs right. Tuesday night, 915. Everybody, we're coming at you a little different way tonight. My name's Andrew Putters. This is the Turn Fancy Golf Podcast brought to you by Rotoballer.com. I usually am here with uh, my best buddy in the DFS world, Joe Nicely. But tonight we got a special guest. I'm with the other half of the original DFS bromance, Nagels Bagels, straight from with a full-blown traveler's report. I'm not lying about that. Are y'all the two oldest friends in DFS history? What, me and, me and Joe? You, you and Joe. Uh, Seriously. Yeah, we, go back, we go back a little ways, yeah. Exactly. Was three people. It's a shame he ran off to cover the live, live tour. Hey, we're not making any announcements tonight, okay? All right, I'm sorry. All right. I'm going to go full. I'm going to go full Brooks Capcom on this one. Holy okay. cow. What okay. a horrible press conference today. Absolute embarrassment. You know, Andrew, I got to be honest with you. I haven't really been paying too much attention to any of the the live golf stuff. I don't really have any interest. I'm trying just, you know, I'm focusing on the John Deere. I'm focusing on travelers. I'm not really paying attention to any of these guys that left or who's leaving and who's going and all this drama. It's such seems like just a waste of time to me. I know everybody's into it and it's like uh, free agency in a certain sport or professional wrestling. I don't know, but it's not for me. It's all, it's all seems so icky. And, but you know, like I said, if Joe wants to go cover that, then he can. (laughs) No, no. In all seriousness though, I I literally caught like 30 seconds of it in the bathroom today, you know, like 10 minutes before we came on. That's why I said that. Uh Um, But one thing that me and Joe was, uh, went way out on the limb with this, on the live stuff and the PGA stuff and, and the, the huge pissing contest that it's creating, right? The, the big ego, ego maniacs that are standing in front of mics and using morality and, and, and business decisions, and this is the best decision for my family. No, nobody's talking about us, Nagels. Nobody's talking about the fan, the one that – the reason that the sponsors pay the money. You know, I mean – PJ Tour app is um, it's been discussed. the The coverage is is crazy when we're talking like U.S. Open. We got to look at like fourteen ways to get to watch it. I mean, you were at it, so you didn't have that problem. But I mean, for us, we had to go to we literally every two hours. I had to set an alarm to to change the channel, and then, and then um, and then you know I'm trying to find out stuff about Pumpkin Ridge that they're playing this weekend in Portland. I can't even Google it. The only thing I can find is a member scorecard, you know. And that and I'm probably more of a diehard fan than the average fan, but. Uh, nobody's talking about the fans, Nagels, in this whole situation. Well, you know, it's like that in every sport. I mean, where, what, what, what sport? When you have owners and players and sponsors and TV deals, where, where do the fans fall in? What, what's a sport that's created or that is that caters to the, the to the fans that make it? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe UFC. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not a big MMA guy, but maybe I, maybe professional wrestling. <laughs> but those are real sports, or that's mm-hmm. not a real sport. Yeah. So that's an entertainment product. And, yeah, no one's ever – who's looking out for the fans? Nobody's ever looking out for the fans. So I can't I, – I don't I, – I, I, that's not something that I, I waste my time screaming about because I'm used to it. 
all these years. I'm used to it. The, the prices are too high and yeah, there's too many commercials and you can't get this and you can't get that. And yeah, because maybe that's not the most profitable way for them to less commercials and more access and more shot link and more uh, coverage of every hole and every, all these things that cost millions of dollars to produce. Yeah, it would be great for the fans, but it's going to cost them money, and therefore, they're not going to do it. That's why beer is not $3 when you go to a sporting event. It's not a, no, nothing is catered for the fans. We're the consumers. If we don't like it, we don't have to watch. We don't have to go. We don't have to spend the money. And But what do we do? We go, we spend the money, and then we complain about it. And no, nothing's ever going to change. Yeah. I don't know what else great 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 pull with ufc there great pull because they definitely care about the fans and not the not the internal customers right like uh everything's about trying to make the players better and the pj tour finding 160 million out of thin air and 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 we're gonna have exhibition tournaments and blah 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 but yeah great pull with ufc there great uh um so let's get to uh first of all how's your life been the last 45 days I saw Chicago. My mouth is still watering from the slice of pizza you peeled out on Twitter. I mean, four, 14 inches of cheese dripping off that thing in a great in a great spring north Midwest or Midwest uh, Midwest afternoon deep yeah. dish. Who doesn't love deep dish pizza? Um, probably still wiping the grease out of your fingernails on that. So tell me tell me about the Chicago trip. We'll get into a little bit of your travel in the U.S. Open, and we'll definitely get into last weekend for you yeah i wanted to um i don't know if i can i saw a video of uh a pizza review of uh a specific place in chicago a couple years ago and i'm like i have to have that so i made it a goal of mine at some point i gotta get to chicago and i have to try that pizza so we had a pandemic we had some other stuff going on and i was finally able to go this year so yeah, that was a that was a great little trip. That was a lot of fun. I'm glad I finally got to do that. That was basically a bus, uh, like a bucket list thing. And I hope to go back to Chicago soon. Now I had a it's a great city. Had a great time. I uh, yeah, I went to the U.S. Open up in Boston a couple weeks ago. I was in the tra- I was at the Travelers this past weekend, so I got a lot of golf viewing in. And U.S. Open was great. Uh, I had access that I didn't think I would be able to be able to have thanks to uh, a friendship I developed with a, with a, a certain tour pro or pro, pro golfer. And that was kind of, it was, that was kind of cool to latch onto him for a couple of days. And that was, that was a fun experience. And then the travelers. Yeah, man, that was the icing on the cake going up there and uh, seeing Xander pull out a victory. That was uh Yeah. It, the last yeah, that's that's funny you say that the last forty five days that's really been it's really been like uh, unexpected uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's just things have been life has been really good and comfortable and calm and different for a change and things have been kind of like working out in my favor it's been a weird correlation. And yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm hoping to keep it going throughout the summer and see what happens next. Things have been really good. I really appreciate you bringing that up. 
Yeah. So first of all, I want to say I love the post uh, tournament chat about Rom wasn't here to ruin my life this week or something, some banter of that nature, which is. Well, yeah, well, I mentioned that because last year I went to Tory Pines for the U.S. Open. And, yeah, I'm walking around there for three days and Xander was kind of in the mix. And it was great to be there at Father's Day. I was visiting my brother who lives in San Diego. I uh, just had a, 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 his first child. So I had the we had the newborn baby and I'm watching it. And I'm watching John Rom bury these putts. And I'm holding this. I'm holding this infant. <laughs> Got to hold on tight. Can't drop her. <laughs> Can't throw anything in aggravation. But yeah, it was. That sucked. That sucked. You put in all the work. You spend the time and the money, and freaking Rom wins the freaking U.S. Open. But whatever. But I digress. So the the this year to have the change in. I go to a tournament. I spend all week. I spend three days there, and then. To have my guy win, it's like, yeah, this is more like it. I can get used to this. This is what it feels like. And I just haven't had a lot of this is what it feels like moments. And yeah. It's been cool. It's been really good lately. So, so I wanna- yeah, but before we get into DFS, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a talker. So I, I mean, we could sit here for all night, you know, if, if we didn't have to go get up and go to work in the morning. But what about all the negative talk about Tori? I mean, you've been there a few times, I've been there once. Uh-huh. I think it's awesome in person, personally. Okay. And what what's your thoughts, positive, negative, indifferent, U.S. Open or separate from the U.S. Open, regardless, what's your opinions on Tory? I think, okay, this is, I think it's fine. I am not a golf architecture. Yeah, style. me neither. I'm talking about fan, do you like it or not, go. Like, what? Not that simple, but a, yeah. U.S. Open venue, can you be a little bit more? Yeah, specific? I think more like, you know, I mean, you got so much hate of how boring it is. And, and I keep on telling Joey, he says, I know it. It looks like it. He goes, it might be awesome in person, but on TV, it's just so boring. I'm like, man, if you're there, it's totally different. I would, I would agree with that, that if you're there. But, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of 450-yard. Almost four- every hole is 450 to 525. <laughs> almost every great. hole. And, yeah, yeah it, there's not a lot. But again, I'm not a golf course architecture snob, but there's like mm-hmm. out of the 18 holes, like seven of them are basically the same. Four yeah. and five are basically the same. And 14, I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head, but yeah. there's a lot of, there's a there's not a lot of nuance. So golf architecture people that don't like the same thing over and over again. Yeah. They usually complain about it because there's not much to the, there's not a lot of variety to the golf course. And it's hard to argue, but if you play it, it's now us playing it and, you know, US Open people playing it, that's different. But it's, yeah, it's hard, but you have to basically do the same thing multiple all the time. Yeah. And you're either good enough to be able to do that or eventually you go off the rails. So I don't know. It's it's beautiful. San Diego, California in general is fantastic. San Diego is great. It's lovely. They're right on the ocean. It's not never like hot. It's, <laughs> it's like so 81. It's, it's, it's like, so, yeah, it's like so 81 I, degrees. there, like 30, 310 days a year or something. It's stupid. a different type of hot. It's a different type of cool. It's it's awesome. I just I remember the first time I went there to visit my brother. I'm just like. Man, there's, there's something in the in the air. It's like yeah. it's hot, it's warm, but it's cool at the same time. 
it's it's a great we don't have to do weather talk yeah I'm yeah just, yeah I, I i mean like trying to get the kids i was trying to get the kids to go swimming it's like i don't know if it's warm enough or cold enough or or you know you really just want to just walk around and drink coffee all day that's, that's why i see out there that's probably why there's a bunch of coffee drinkers out there but you know I, the one regret i do have i will honestly say is you know la jolla is historically known for like the rat pack era of people living in that area and we stayed up in la jolla and we were right next to la jolla country club and i wish i'd have walked down there to this little old crappy old 5500 yard golf course that was built in 1912 and mm-hmm. walked in the club asked me like hey do y'all got any pictures around here because you know they had ben crosby stuff somewhere or yeah. you know, things like that. I wish I would have done that. But anyway, we're getting off the rails here. I'm sorry. I'm, no, it's my fault. It's my fault. So you walk up last week. You you post up literally first person I see, Xander. Then I see you with your arm around his dad's neck, Panama Jack hat going on. He's literally, let me watch, 64, 62 start or something ridiculous. He's got a five-shot lead. And I'll have to be honest, like, the gala made it pretty interesting there coming down the stretch, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy to think, though, how similar we have, like, not even just this year's, but historical Phoenix Open versus this tournament uh, it, last week. Crazy how similar the leaderboards were. That's I, – I tweeted that out. You I Listen, you're doing your research because you're going through – you're referencing – Several things. It sounds like you went through my Twitter feed before we hey, came out here, hey. and you got a whole slew of stuff. Like you know what I've been up to. Hey, nine years of nine years of college, right here, baby. Nine years of college, one degree. Let's go. Well, no, that's exactly what I thought of when I was looking at the leaderboard. I see all these guys, even the like the quote six thousand dollar guys that know like a, a JT Postons of the world that he 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 popped up at uh, uh, Phoenix once. And I just saw the leaderboard, and I'm like, man, all these guys like contended at Phoenix or uh, won Phoenix or were in the. I, I was just, it just looked exactly like a waste management leaderboard. But yeah, I have to say, Thagala is he is electric. That guy, he is he plays to the crowd. He's awesome. One thing I noticed that I loved, I have when uh, I don't know what what the par. The par five is, I think it's the 13th on the back. And uh, the guy was one group ahead. He was playing with Kisner and Xander was coming up the par five at the guy. Kisner's teeing off on, I'll say on the next hole on 14. And the guy was not even paying attention. He's looking back down the fairway to see what Xander's doing. Cause he knows, okay, I got it. I think he was two shots back at the time. But he wasn't even paying attention to what Kisner was doing. He had his back turned to Kisner, looking down the fairway to see if Xander got on in two. And I was just like, man, he is like in it. I just love seeing that. I just thought that was so cool. I almost took a picture of him, like, checking out, signing out what Xander's doing. He was in the moment. And he birdied 17. The place went nuts. And I'm sitting there sweating out Xander, who's been in the lead since freaking Friday. But the place is going bananas. And God, he's so likable. He's he's guy is unbelievable. The energy and the enthusiasm, it was great. It's like how would I? I can't root against this guy, but I need him to, you know. All right, let's see what happens here. And Xander didn't make birdie on seventeen, and then I'm walking up eighteen, and the guy's in the bunker. It's like all right, and then he made a mess of it, and it's a shame. 
I wasn't rooting, openly rooting against the guy. I, you know, Xander needed to make birdie as long as the goal didn't make. I'm doing all this math in my head. <laughs> and then it was like, all right, well, Xander Parr wins now. We were in good shape, but he hit the ball that Xander was in great shape on the fairway. He had a, he had a wedge in. And so I knew that he was in good shape, that he, he hit a good drive. And uh, it wouldn't have mattered if the Gala made that putt or not. But it was great. It was great to be there. I was so happy for Xander. And just if you just think about it, like if you're a fan of a, of a team and you go see that team play, they're either going to win or going to lose. There's only two teams involved. But if you have a favorite golfer and you go to see your favorite golfer play, there's a freaking 130, 40 guys. The odds of you seeing your player win in person are not, they're not great. Mm-hmm. And for me to be able to be there for one of his wins, man, I don't know. That just felt special. I feel very lucky that I was able to see that. That was a lot of fun. I, I mean, I'm on my show last week. I wore, I wore my Xander shirt. I had a feeling that he was going to have a really good week. I didn't go out as far as to say, I guarantee you Xander's going to win, but I did bet him and I did wear my shirt. And I did say, ah, he's probably going to play pretty well. He was pretty much being ignored last week, even though he had high ownership. That was the other thing. So there was a, so many different factors. It was really exciting. I'm very excited about it, as you can tell. And uh, yeah, so the guy, yeah, he'll be back. That guy, he kind of reminds me of Phil in a weird way where it's kind of reckless. You don't know what's going to happen, but he's got the whole crowd behind him and just this enthusiasm and he's a lot of fun to watch. And, but yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and it's never over till it's over with him. I tell you that yeah. right now. Actually, I, re- I retweeted something today. I mean, he's using like a 1997 ping answer to putter. I don't know if you saw that, the replay they did it. PJ tour like did a, or the coverage did like a zoom in on the back of his putter on that last putt. He lipped out. Uh-huh. Like, golly what's that putter that's that's what marco merrill won the open championship with in 97 but uh you know that and the only time i ever got nervous for for you i was actually more nervous for you than it was xander i know how much uh you 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 want to see him win is that when we three putted the 15th or whatever the part four short little part yeah. four he drove it in three put i was like Ugh. but but anyway I was texting my brother and I said, if he, if Xander gets the 20 under, that should be, that should be enough. Yeah. It just birdied 11, made a long putt. So it's like, all right, well, if he birdies the par five and he birdies the, he would put that got him to 18 after he birdied 11. If he birdies the par five and he birdies the, uh, uh, the short par four, then that should get him to 20. And it's very unlikely somebody's going to catch him. And then he promptly put one into the woods. I had to take it unplayable. And so then my brother was like, this is why you don't talk about it. It's like, oh, <laughs> come on. I, he just made that bomb on 11. He's fine. Like Xander, he's still fine. I didn't really get nervous until Thagala made that birdie on 17. That was like, oh, Jesus. I can't mm-hmm. believe it. The guy's been leading us in Friday. And now all of a sudden he's in second place. How the hell did this happen? Because Xander didn't birdie the par five. He missed a seven-footer there. And then he missed a 12-footer on on 15 and that was the that was that made it closer than it should have been he was really in control he didn't hit a lot of he didn't hit a lot of terrible shots uh but yeah that would have been that would have been a rough scene if he didn't get it to win they would have said that he choked even though he made one bogey uh but whatever it was a good it was a good tournament we spent way too much time talking about it already so yeah yeah we're good let's let's move on they said we we can get off the rails real easy because i'm a talker so 
uh let's go let's move right into this john deere classic john deere classic uh was established in 1971 it's played at the tpc deer run uh permit record 27 under by michael kim i believe <clears throat> it doesn't matter anyway uh 257 is the uh record for the tournament michael kim 2018 uh i think it's played here most of ever i think it's played here every year TBC Deer Run in Quad Cities, Illinois, blah, 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 blah. Different, different carriers throughout the years. Uh, this this is a, was a former, like, week before British Open, uh, and I think actually at some point it was the same week as the British Open, uh, and then it was moved back to the week before. So we historically have not had very strong fields. Uh, last Actually, last uh, two, one, or – 2021 we had an abnormally strong field i believe because of the covid stuff going on however uh, this year we went uh, i will say we degressed the field this year uh, if you look at the past history you know steve strickers won here like 900 times zach johnson jordan spieth it basically was like their tournament every year uh, throw them in there uh, it's pretty well known as a pretty easy golf course around 20 under is going to win Par 71, 7,300 yards, roughly 12 on the stint meter, which is a little bit above average, but not really. Bent grass throughout uh, with a little bit of fescue in the rough, four inches. Don't know how that's playing this year. The course was designed by DA Wybring in 2000. So uh, there you go. That's the TPC Deer Run, John Deere Classic. This is kind of a joke of uh, – I would say golf media company saying the forgotten major. I think you hear that on, on, uh, on no laying up podcast and goofing off, but in all seriousness, um, let's just be honest. The field's pretty weak, right? I mean, we got Jason day above 10 K and DraftKings probably hadn't happened in four in eight years. As, uh, Nagel. So overall, do you have anything you want to talk about the golf course on the onset? And then we'll get right in the slate. Uh, about, no, nothing about the golf course. I just, yeah, a lot of people, I say a lot of people, that's such a crutch. You've heard some people really shit on this tournament, for lack of a better term. And the, the talk about the, the how weak the field is, and this is what happens with Liv. And this has nothing to do with Liv. This is because this is two weeks after the U.S. Open. They, a lot of of the bigger names committed. This field is never – the Scottish Open is going to be loaded. Then you have the Open Championship. So it's just a spot in the schedule. We have tournaments like this every year. It's not – there's just too many There's too many events. It should be like a week off, but they're not going to do that because we talked about sponsors. And it's not, and it's not about the fans. So anyway, uh, no, I'm not uh, – this field is loaded with guys that are usually – in the seven thousand dollar range, but you can't have one hundred and thirty guys priced at seventy five hundred, which would have been cool, by the way, or they, they could have just made everybody fifty to one and everybody seventy five hundred, and good luck. But so yeah, some of the pricing is weird, uh, but yeah, I because I'm such a fan and a bit bit of a lunatic, like I love weeks like this. I feel like I have an edge over Nancy in accounting who doesn't know 
too much about Chad Ramey, you know, but I know a little bit about Chad Ramey. Just, I just picked the name, but I'm just saying that this is a, a week where you get a, like, might get a little separation. If knowledge, if knowledge even counts for anything, it could all just be luck because we've seen Nancy the counting have plenty of hot weeks. So I don't know. I, I have the pricing. I have the odds. I'll make some bets. I'll make a team and I'll make a player pool and we'll just go from there and hope for the best. Just like we do every week. And it'll be on TV. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I like it a lot. Honestly, um, I'm with you on this. Uh, surprisingly, for a weak field, there's a lot of names that are at this point, you know, um, eight months into a, what we call the 21-22 season. We, we know a lot of these players' names by this point, right? So, um, I, I like it. I, I, I'm with you on that. I like it. Uh, I don't maybe not like some of the pricing we're getting, but hey, it's not for us to decide. We just got to pick the winner. So let's start 9K and above. Okay. Webb Web Simpson had one Thigala, Day, McCarthy, who, by the way, is playing way over his head. We'll get uh, McNeely, CH3, who has made roughly about 50 million in fields like uh, field sizes like this or field strength like this, and Christian B.A.'s and Hunt. 9,000 above. I usually say 10K and above, but I think we can go as deep as 9K and above here in this first little um, uh, group of players. And um, are, are, do you on, – on the first view, like we call this show, is the first view of the DK slate, what do you, what are you liking here? Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, I don't like that there's only, like, uh, what, eight guys – that are eight mm-hmm. players that are yeah. $9,000 and above. Mm-hmm. And I mean, looking ahead, there's not a lot below seven. So the 6K range is a little weak. So do you want to roster two guys above 9,000? Uh, it could be, could get dicey. If you want to go, might be a good week to go balanced. So you have to, we'll have to figure that out. But in terms of names, I don't know if I want to say this now or. Not the not that I'm afraid to say the names. I haven't I haven't put my player pool together yet. I don't know who is going to ultimately be on my DraftKings team or whatever. But I have to say that I like Matt McNeely a lot, and I think that we've seen this event be an opportunity for players to get their first PGA Tour win, and. I'm probably going to lean towards a maybe a younger guy going for his first win, more so than a crusty veteran like, say, a Jason Day, who could win, obviously. But I think our boy Sahith is going to get a lot of get a lot of pub, and Matt McNeely missed two cuts in a row, and. I've said this on my show before that I like guys who kind of suck right now. And right now I think the narrative might be Matt McNeely sucks. He's missed two cuts in a row. Uh, I'm going to play so-and-so instead. And I think I'm going to, we're talking if I've heard several different places, how this is basically a putting contest and Matt McNeely is what's his strength. He's known for being a very good putter. And I think if everybody's going to play Danny McCarthy, I think I'm going to play Matt McNeely. But 
I haven't made a final decision on that, but I like McNeely a lot. If you want to go to veteran route, yeah, CH3, maybe. But I'm going to start with Matt McNeely, most likely. Uh, yeah, I cannot disagree with all. McNeely has had major success with what Joe and I like to call the the B field tournaments, you know, like the AT&T Pebble Beach, the historically like Hilton Head, things like that. Teams where they're not, you know, every superstar is playing, maybe a, a third of the superstars are playing, and this tournament shouldn't be no different. And so love McNeely, love that he's actually not in the top three in pricing, top two in pricing, which kind of thought he would be. Uh, don't don't hate Hadwin, but don't love him being 10-4. So uh, probably gonna pass on that. I love I love McNeely and Hal. And the reason I say Hal is because he's made just every time I don't mention him in a tournament like this, he'll finish like third. Uh, not no contest third, by the way, on that too. You have a thing with Charles Howell, right? Then that's like one of your guys. No, I, I'm a, I'm usually more of a vet guy in general. You know, I'm, I'm like, I mean, I used to row Justin Rose for like two straight years, you know, when he like yeah. finished top 10 every time, but nobody talked about him. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's kind of my sweet, my comfort zone. So I think I remember a show that you, I got You guys have this segment where it's like a random, I forget what it was called. I don't know if you still do it or not. I no. apologize. Yeah. But you're there, good. There, I don't know what the segment was called. It was like the random 3% guy that, you would just shout out a name, and it was it was Charles Howell, and then he ended up top ten in. Oh yeah, no, like yeah, dark play, dark play of the week, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. I yeah. don't know if that was like one of your. No, no. If you look like historically in these like weak fields or or or, or certain golf courses, like Howell just always pops up, and I and I feel like he might be getting to that point where we're not going to talk about that going forward. But uh, and maybe you know I I do love McNeely. I. I'm worried. Two cases to be made. The Gala and McCarthy are going to get a ton of ownership because of the way they've been playing lately. And obviously, the Gala is getting a ton of pub. Or secondly, um, I feel like I've already read, and this is just me researching, I've seen McNeely's name pop up on Twitter a lot. I'm not yeah. paying attention to that yet. I don't really read into that stuff. The ownership stuff, I'd never look at that. But I've seen his name on Twitter a lot. I've seen a couple articles that I've just glanced over, not gotten in depth, but I see his name a lot. And it makes sense to me right on without even looking at statistics yet. So I'm a little worried about that. I'm worried about – I don't know where he is at uh, mentally. Here's a little little side note on, on Mav. I, he was playing in the group behind uh, Russell Knox and uh, uh, who won the USM? Doc Redmond. And there was a backup on the on the par five, so uh, Knox and Redmond hadn't even teed off yet, and McNeely's group had just finished twelve or thirteen, whatever it was. And man, he's just standing off on the side by himself, like with the fans, but just away, away, like away from everybody. But I could have just walked right up to him and said hello or said anything. And he doesn't look happy. He was on his way to miss another cut. He has a. He was in a relationship with Danielle Kang, who just got diagnosed with a, a tumor on her spine. And I don't know if they're still together. There's rumors that they're not. And she's sick and 
I don't. He's missed two cuts in a row, so I'm just a little. I'm just a little unsure what's going on in his personal life, and if I don't know if it's affecting his golf or not. I mean, he the guy made a ton of cuts in a row. He hasn't missed two cuts in a row since last year at the PGA in uh, Quail Hollow, I think, and he's been so consistent. And for I just don't know if he's just on a bad run or if he's about to bounce back, and that's something that I have to look at and worried about ownership and everything else. So you should look at ownership, by the way. That should be a, a factor in your decision making. I, I I I don't disagree. I just you know uh, I don't know. I feel like um um this might be a little bit of something I need to go over myself on. Is that like I come with an answer and I'm like this is what I think. <laughs> You know, and then I'm like, but I should take these other factors into into consideration. And I'm starting to more and more, uh, but I feel like I do it kind of late in, in the week anyway. And so I'm almost like I've made up my mind to a certain extent. And I just need to get over myself on that, right? So There's nothing wrong with that. You should go with your gut. You don't want to overthink it. That's the yeah. problem that I run into. But I don't think you should completely ignore ownership. I think yeah. it should be a factor in your lineup construction. Yeah. Maybe I not the end all be all, but a factor. That's all. I like what it. Do I, know? I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do we know, right? We're just two guys and on the East Coast. Yeah. No. Okay. AK, AK range. Uh, some interesting names here. I'll read it down through them. Stallings, Rogers, Hardy, Adam Long, Brendan Todd, Cam Davis, defending champion Lucas Glover, Lanto, CT Pond, Cam Champ, JT Poston. Okay. Poston made a little splash with his like, 57 he shot on Saturday, Sunday and finished like whatever top nine or 10 or five or whatever. Uh, I feel like Cam, I feel like Brendan Todd is, um, he's a favorite of mine in general. Uh, I don't care what he's priced and what field, it does not matter if the course fits, it fits for me. Uh, Rogers makes some sense to me. Uh, this is not a pro Lucas Glover show. I know, I know, I know you've talked highly of him in the past. P. Rogers and uh, and and you know I'll be honest, Stallings is very streaky. I could see it going either way. I could see him finishing third. I could see him finishing hundred third. So uh, with with the Stallings at eighty nine hundred, I don't hate his pricing. I just don't think it's a very good value. So eight uh, K range. Anybody you like here? Oh, oh, I'm gonna have to go back to my boy Nick Hardy. I tell you, when you go to an event like the Travelers and there's a couple of marquee groups, and then you can find yourself having a rooting interest in somebody that is not playing with uh, Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas or Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler or any of those guys. I follow Nick Hardy around on Friday afternoon. I got to him right around the 15th hole and he birdied 16, then 17, then 18, then made the turn and then birdied one. And I'm like, oh my God, this freaking guy. He was making everything. It was just me. And his girlfriend or sister or somebody walking around wearing the Nike clothes that I was like, man, this guy, he's making everything. It was, and there was nobody around. We were, by the time we got to down to the third green, it was just us and the volunteers. And that is so cool. We're like, we're at a PGA tour event. We're at the travelers and there's nobody around. It was just me It was and his girlfriend. Anyway, I like Nick Hardy a lot. He's, uh, he's been playing well. He was injured. He came back from the injury. He's a Chicago guy. We're in the Chicago area in a way, kind of, sort of. Uh, 
And I think that uh, he's going to play well. and He's going to make a lot of birdies. And I'm just going to ride this little Nick Hardy wave, especially if everybody's going to play a Brendan Todd or a uh, – who else is popular now? JT Poston or Patrick Rogers. I'm going to take my shot with uh, Nick Hardy for sure. Well, I like it. I like it. you just go in. Let's scratch off Brent Tall. Let's scratch off Poston. Let's scratch off Rogers, and we'll go from there. I like that mindset. I also like with a little bit of the the fairy tale thesis you're coming up with. Uh, I like watching your brain work on your show. Anyway, you come up with a, a thesis about a player group, and you're like, this thesis is either going to make sense or it isn't. That's uh-huh. the way we got to be in defense. We got to be all the way or nothing. I love that about your personality and your selection. So. Um, so what we're saying is Nagels Bagels officially the Northeast segregate father of Nick Hardy. I understand. Okay. We're good on that. He's really good. Yeah. Uh, he hit a ball. I'm sorry. I keep veering off of these stories, but he hit a ball <laughs> right on seven into the rough past the ropes. So he had to come out to play his ball. He had a good wise, like 110 yards, 120 yards away, you know, ball sitting up. It's fine. But again, there's nobody around. So I'm just standing behind this ball. He comes over, and I see him, hear him talking to his caddy, and they're going through numbers, everything else. And I hear Nick Hardy say, "Ah, well, I'm just going right at it." And I was just like, "Bang! That's my guy. That's right. Let's fucking go right at it." Now he he went a little out to the right, but then he made the putt anyway. Canned another like 25 footer. It was unbelievable. Uh, so maybe I'm just getting sucked in to the, the moment and what I saw, and it's a very small sample size. But I just do believe that he's really good, and it's a uh, – this might be a tournament where, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to stick to this narrative of first-timers, guys have an opportunity to get their first win. That's kind of been a theme when Steve Stricker wasn't winning three in a row. But – I don't know. That's what that's what I'm uh, that's what I'm going with, guys. Yeah, you know, young guy. You know, Matt McNeely's young. Nick Hardy's young. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I like if it. I'm an old guy, I might like Scott, uh, Scott Stallings there too. But we'll see. I gotta I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do, player pool wise, and what have you. Yeah. So you know, I'll, I'm I'm sure if you're watching this show, you know that me and Scott uh, grew up in the same area. So I know. Um, I'm not going to say a privy to any special information or anything, but obviously I watch him a lot on uh-huh. TV, keep up with him on social media, m- maybe message from time to time. And, uh, you know, so I-, I watch him every week. This make this golf course honestly makes a lot of sense for his game. He's a, he's a ball striker and he's a very, very streaky ball striker at that as far as proximity goes. So, uh, he gets the irons going, man, and and kept, uh, puts that together with a little bit of putter. He's uh, he's, he's got, pretty. He's got a couple of top tens here. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. And if you look historically, his top tens come with the same tournaments. Uh, so yeah. horse for a course. Yeah, so he's always a horse for a course. Exactly. So seven uh, K range, a lot of value in this area. And a lot of guys I like. This is your uh, top 40 uh, wager area that you need to be looking at because most of these guys are going to be plus the money for the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Steve Stricker pulled out this week, which is surprising. This is – he's been a staple here for years. Um, there's too many names to mention that I like, so I'll just uh, – I'm going to turn it over to you. 
Uh, one guy I'm gonna throw out there is a, is a, I think just a hammer throw, and I've been I've been loving on him all year. I, can I guess who you're gonna say? Go ahead. Are you gonna say Adam Svensson? No, no. Oh, wow. actually, actually, Austin Smotherman. He won in Nashville at the Corn Ferry Tour. I've been following him ever since. Yeah, okay. Just, he's pretty. He's pretty streaky. Usually has one bad round on the weekend. Uh, I like him. I like Hubbard and I like God. What? Why not? I don't even know how to say his name. Got her up. Yeah, Chris got her up. Why? Why? Why not him? Right this week. Uh, there's so many names to love in here. I'm gonna try to pick pluck out a few that that nobody's looking at. Well, all those names are they fall into that bucket of you know be a uh, you know first time first time PGA Tour win, right? You said Smotherman got her up, and who else? Who was the other one? Uh, I'm throwing out. Well, I mean, I love Smalley as well, but. Uh, Mainly uh, Hubbard, Hubbard. Oh, Hubbard, yeah, yeah. Hubbard, you know, Hubbard comes and goes, right? I mean, it, w- but I know he hasn't he hasn't been coming this year yet. But uh, his, his his stats are still right there, man. Uh, it's yeah, just- there's a couple of guys in the sevens that I, I I'm gonna look at a little bit longer because, like I said, this whole field is basically mid seven guys, right? And these are the actual mid seven guys. Uh, I mean, I might, I might take a shot on, on a guy like Emiliano Grio, which is kind of gross. Now he's somebody that doesn't fall into the, uh, young first timer up and comer category, but I'm looking at a specific statistic for this week. And Grio is like sixth in the, in the field, in the statistic. And so it's going to cause me to look. I know that – I don't know what he's done recently. I think he missed a cut at the Travelers. But prior to that, he had made, I think, three or four cuts in a row. He's had a miserable season, and it looked like maybe he was coming out of it. So I'll have to look at him. But it's only because of the the statistics, which I don't love. I like Nate Lashley. I'm pretty sure I might be playing him at 7,200. Uh, again, you know, if, if – like what if what if Pebble Beach is a comp, right? I like Mav McNeely. Uh, I like uh, Nate Lashley. You know, if Pebble Beach turns out to be a, a comp for whatever reason, I have no I have no data or anything to back this up. I'm just saying hypothetically, what if it was? And if it was, and I have Nate Lashley, and it is a comp, and I have Mav McNeely, then I might be onto something. Yeah, I you mentioned it before. I do like to come up with some narratives and it's like, well, if I'm right about this and then it tur- and it, th- that turns out to be true, then I'm going to be in good shape. And yeah, I kind of, it's cockamamie. It's something I do that I don't, that is probably not the smartest thing in the world to do, but it works for me. But I like, uh, I, I like Lashley. I'm thinking about a Grio. Uh, here's a name, John Huh. Is uh, he's been playing a little bit better lately. I think he's got a couple of top 20s his last couple of tournaments. He made it into the uh, quote stat model. I know, every, like, I, I don't want to play Adam Svensson because everybody else is. You, you don't look in ownership, but everybody's playing Adam Svensson. He's the highest owned guy in this range. And I have to beat all the guys that are playing Adam Svensson. So I have to go somewhere else. So, yeah. Like the whole field is filled with guys like this. Doug Gim, he's pretty good. Uh, Shez Reevy, 
He's been playing a little bit better. I had I was on I had Shez in my player pool last week. So Ryan Armour, like you don't know what these guys are gonna do, but they're all they're all you know you can take it. We're gambling. You can take a gamble on, on guys like that that fit the golf course and hopefully they make some putts. But we don't know who's gonna make putts. It's the most vol they say it's a putting contest, so we're gonna pick all good putters, but we all agree that putting is the most volatile statistic and unpredictable out of any of the statistics. So we're trying to predict something that is impossible to predict, and that's the week. So yeah, watch the live tournament instead, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so uh you, you made the reference to the Pebble Beach. Um, there's really nothing physically matching with Pebble Beach here, in my opinion. However, uh the models are like identical uh mad mcneely uh scott stallings um uh who else did you mention uh lashley, lashley. Uh, there was another name in here i saw at this range oh nick taylor the oh, the, yeah. the, yeah. the the models are almost identical which is weird um i think it probably has to do with probably mid-iron game and those that's maybe that's what that's what we're looking at. Which I don't know if John Deere's got small greens or not. I yeah. don't know. Very small I, greens. I, I they're talking about how you, you know you want to stay, you know, 55. pebbles pretty uh you have to be accurate. And here you have to be accurate. You want to stay in the fairway, they're wider fairways, but you definitely don't want to play from the rough and you need to score. I don't know. I'm just saying, I like I said, I don't have anything to back up saying that Pebble Beach is a comp. I'm saying if it was a comp and I played all Pebble Beach guys, and that happened to be right, then I'd be in good shape. I know it's, okay, I know it doesn't make sense. It makes sense in my brain. I know what I'm trying to say. I know what I'm mm-hmm. thinking, and yeah. we'll see if it works. Yeah. Uh, 7K range, you better be camping out in there this week because uh, in, in general, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the, everybody in general because all these 7K range guys are top or they're plus money, uh, plus 125 or better in uh, top 40. Mm-hmm. uh on 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 different websites so uh i love this range you know i looked at about eight of them today so um let's move on to the 6k range um really not much to talk about down here other than maybe a couple of old school vets you're talking about like i ain't looking at the 6k range i won't throw out like some names here listen, listen to this omar resty john Sinden, brian davis Kevin Stadler, Boo Weekly, John Merrick. We're talking, we got some deep bet there and uh, that you need to stay away from deep in the 6K range, which is uh, laughable. But if you look up here towards the top, I still not much to love. I've seen you. What is there? Do we got any history with this Chris Nagel guy? What's up with that? I mean, what do you mean? Is that just the name? I don't know about Chris Nagel. He's like, let's go. Uh, Chris Nagel, yeah, he's, he was toiling on the uh, Corn Ferry Tour for a little while. He lost his card. He's played in the U.S. Huh. Open. He played in the U.S. Open at Shinnecock, and I was actually there on Sunday, Father's Day. I dragged I drag my daughter out to Long Island uh, for the final round at Shinnecock. And uh, on the first hole, he promptly hit his ball like into the fescue and we were part of the search party trying to find this ball. And I took a picture of his caddy with the Nagel on, on, yeah, yeah. Plate on the back, like hey, Nagel looking for his ball. On the first <laughs> now, very familiar sight, but uh, 
he's supposedly he's a great guy. We actually have like a mutual friend, I guess. And uh, we saw him. He, he played in the U.S. Open up in up at Brookline a couple of weeks ago. And he Monday qualified into this tournament this week. And I, I think he made the, he made the cut at the uh, he made the cut at Brookline. And I guess he's playing he's playing some good golf right now. Uh, but yeah, he's just a grinder, man. And apparently a very, a really cool dude. I've never met him. I've never talked to him, but I've heard good things. And I, I pay attention to what he's doing because we, we have the same last name, you yeah. know, he has one extra vowel. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 trust me, I'm a golf nerd too. I feel, I feel your pain on the nerdiness of the golf nerd. Uh-huh. So we're, we're, we're good there. Um, I'm going to throw out a name here. Um, so I read something this week, and the only reason I read is because his caddy's from Tennessee, so I follow him. Uh, Willie McGird had been battling some injuries, which has been the issue in the last three years. Obviously, we know he's a great iron player, great chipper of the ball, great player of the ball. If you look at some of his recent score history, played one good round, one bad round, one good round, one bad round. We could almost talk about that, maybe being some fatigue issues. Had a good week last week, tied eighth. Uh, hard work's paying off, it looks like. He's still in the 6K range. I remember five years ago when I just looked into DFS originally, William McGirt was like this dude that was like 6K range every week, and it seemed like top 25 every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, like that name, like to at least pencil him in to be looking at going forward. Um, other than that, down here, not much to talk about other than I'm going to say a name of a guy that nobody will like, but I love him this week, Rory Sabatini plays well on what we like to define as easy off courses on the PJ Tour. I like him this week. He hits his irons great. Can't argue with that. Uh, Rory Sabatini is the only guy I am highlighting in the 6K and under range. So 6K and under, are you looking at anything? Um, I did. I did a thorough search in the $6,000 range before we came on. I came up with two names that – like maybe, maybe I'll think about. First name, 6,400, uh, Aaron Baddeley. Uh, people are going to know that name. He's been playing on the Corn Ferry Tour for the last couple events. I think he's got he's got four made cuts on on the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, recently, nothing, nothing great. It's not exactly lighting the world on fire. But if you want to play a guy at 6,400 that you hope makes a cut – they're talking about it being a little windy on the first day. Battley's an Australian. You always want to play, on a, you know, an Aussie in the wind is never a bad thing to have. But I think in the only PGA Tour events that he's played this year, I think he made a cut at Colonial. I think he made a cut. I think he had a top 20 in Puerto Rico or Punta Cana, one of those two. I uh, just like, ah, maybe Aaron Battley, if I want to risk my DFS life, on a guy, maybe Aaron Badley. And the other guy I like, and this is, I mean, this is going to be a two percenter. Uh, Jimmy Knaus, Jimmy Hardke, he's uh, he's high, very high on this little stat thing that I came up with. And I had him in my player pool at the Canadian Open, and he came through. I think he had a top 20. And I was amazed that he – that he popped and I, I mentioned him and kind of using the same stat this week. 
And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go back to the well there. Again, it's early. It's only, oh, it's not early, but, you know, I, I haven't made any, like, final decisions. But you did hear here first, Jimmy Canals, Aaron Baddeley in the $6,000 range. That might be my top 40 parlay that I put together. That might be how I play those guys. But, uh, yeah, any other names that I like? There's uh, Vince Whaley, possibly. Uh, Seth Reeves. I don't know. We'll see. Sabatini's not terrible. I'll give you that. I watched uh, Callum Taron last week. Was not impressed. Not going to lie. Got it, got it. Was talking a little bit with the tour junkies. Apparently, they're big fans of his. But he was, uh, I don't know. It's a little too uh, uppity for me. He was telling fan. He was shushing fans like you're shushing somebody over there right now. <laughs> you don't have to talk about it. But yeah, he was shushing fans, and he was, uh, he was, he, he had a bad shot. Yanked one left, and then he's looking down at the divot. He's looking at his club, and I just like, God, this guy sucks. But he's in my model, so maybe I'll take. Maybe I'll have to reconsider that. He hit this amazing drive on nine and then flubbed his chip to 25 feet after hitting a 350-yard drive <laughs> but, and made Bert, made par and missed the cut. Anyway, I'm, ba- I'm yammering on for a bunch of names that we're probably not going to play. So there you go. I got you. So while we're down here in the 6K range, you got a dart this week. You're just throwing at the dartboard and hoping it cashes. Oh, yeah. Is, is that a question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so every week we do like long shot. Whoa, we lost a lot. Uh oh. Right here on the we're right here on the back porch on this. Uh... Okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, so um, who's who? Who's a guy like long shot odds that that we're just gonna throw at the dartboard? Um, what are we looking for? Like maybe like a first round leader type? Are we looking for? I feel like, you know, if you got like a dollar or two, we're throwing them on there, we're going to get a, you know, hundred to one-ish or more. We could be anything. You know, like this is a guy way down here in the 6K range, low sevens that 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 we wouldn't mind or stands out to you that that's a long shot that's going to probably play well. I'm not going to lie. I might go back to – I might go – I might. can I just – can I use Jimmy Canals? Absolutely. I already mentioned him, but there's not a lot in the 6K range that – is in uh inspires a lot of enthusiasm so yeah i like it what about like a like a uh like a brandon hagee something like that i think he contended here last year uh he's 6400 yeah you take a take a take a shot with him i don't love it though i mean yeah i don't love it but yeah there's a million darts you could throw down here andrew what do you like? Where I mean, I'm, I'm going to stick to the two guys I already talked about. Honestly, McGirt and Sabatini, a couple of okay. vets, older guys. So make yeah. me meet like six, seven guys in the sixes. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Sabatini and um, McGirt in terms like this, this is kind of where they make their living, right? I mean, uh, that's where I Not see lately, it. But yeah. Um, Sabatini's missed the last two cuts, but before that he'd made several cuts in a row. Uh, I personally have had several conversations with him. I caddied in a group that he was in years ago, maybe uh-huh. like, and um, I'm trying to pull up something about him actually, but uh, he he's a, he's a gr- really good ball striker in person. 
And uh, he's very little, honestly, five foot seven, maybe. And bombs it almost two to one on top 40 for Rory Sabatini, which makes a lot of sense here to me. Two to one top 40 in the 6K range. I love it for him. Okay. So uh, that's the guy I'm throwing out there. Um, far as my heart this week, we, we at the end of, at the end of this every episode, we always say, "What's your heart play and what's your dart play?" And the heart is, this is like deep down. I know this guy's going to play well. And uh, we haven't talked about him all 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 episode. And I mean, I just think he's just so far beyond uh, resume wise, talent wise, in general. I mean, he plays mediocre here. He finishes top 15. That's that's Webb Simpson, right? I know it's an easy answer. He's 10-6. He's, what, 12-1 to 1 odds? I, I just think he plays well here. Uh, or, or he plays mediocre. He finishes well, right, uh, to me. He has not had a great season. Actually hasn't had a great – he hasn't had very much success since his Harbortown victory in June of 2020 during COVID. But let's be honest. So, other than that, I just feel like he plays mediocre. He does well here. Who deep down in your heart do you think is going to play well here or have the best chance to win? Okay. Deep down in my heart. We like to call it the heart play. The heart play. And, and, and if you're a win, I will make 30 videos about this with different kind of music, Titanic music, everything. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say Nick Hardy, man. I'm going to say Nick Hardy, breakout Chicago guy, playing good golf, mm. best. He's he's better than a lot of these guys. You know, a bunch of wash, like a weaker, like this is a good spot for him. And yeah, he's, he's been, he's been playing. He's, he's, he's loose. He's a good form. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Nick Hardy. Let's freaking go. I got you. Nick Hardy. I like it. So, uh, Nick Hardy and what well, Jim Noss is that what we're going with here in, in the dark? Jimmy yeah, Jimmy Canals. Oh, Canals. Okay. Well, I like it. I'm with uh, Sabatini and I don't remember who I picked now. Webb. Webb Simpson. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, Nagels, it's Tuesday night. It's heck, it's way up in the evening. We have talked an hour's worth of golf. Yeah. I'm so appreciative that you were able to take time out of your week to come on here and and uh and spread your happiness with us about last last like i said 45 days of your life i wanted to come uh you know bring the story into one and parlay it into something great and which i by the way we hadn't talked about there's some kind of parlay or something you've been you wrote on right like a like a 13 or something parlay that we turned into some pretty good lick uh yeah Don't all right warrior somebody something else something else i mean i had yeah okay Okay. Final story, folks. Final story. We'll call it a night. Let's go. Yes. Final story. So I was very confident John Rahm was going to win the Mexican Open. I'm surprised Rahm's not in this field since it's basically the JV. You know, this is Rahm taking on a bunch of fifth and sixth graders. I I was very confident that he was going to win that. Now, he was three to one to win a golf tournament, which is those are not great odds. How, highly irresponsible. Let's just say that. Highly irresponsible. So I bet him to win that, and that that came through. But before that that week, I said, give me give me a futures bet. I put it out on Twitter. I said, give me a bet that I could parlay with Rom, which I feel really good about. And somebody shouted out 
uh, Golden State to win the NBA title. Now, this was in April. I said, oh, you know what? I like that. So then I put those two together, and that paid, that paid out like 18 to 1, something like that. So I had Rom already won, then Golden State won, and then just you know, I got a little greedy. I'm like, God, let me see. Let me throw the Stanley Cup odds in there. So I had Rom, Golden State, and Colorado. And, yes, Colorado won on Sunday night. They won the Cup. As I'm driving home from Xander winning the Travelers, <laughs> and it's like, Jesus, good Lord, what is happening in my life? I mean, everything is, like, coming together. That, it was beautiful. As I'm wiping tears out of my eyes. That was, like, 75 to 1. And, I, yeah, I put, I put, like, $14 on it because I think – I don't know what event it was the week before the Mexico Open. I had money in my account. I don't know if I had a good DraftKings week or if I had a, an outright from the week before. I don't know what it was. But I had plenty of money in my account. And I'm like, ah, let me, let me just you – know, it's like Monopoly money at that point. It's like, ah, let me just put a couple bucks on this couple. I put in some futures bets. And, yeah, it all – yeah, it, it won. ROM won easy. And, yeah, the goal is I had to sweat that. That was in April, though. And this just – I just cashed this on Sunday. So, yeah, I hit a big, nice little parlay, 75 to 1. Yeah, I had like fourteen dollars on it, so I paid like a thousand. So that's yeah, awesome. I, I did great. I had a great. That, that, that was the chip. We started with a slice of deep dish pizza <laughs> forty-five days ago, and we ended it with a three-team parlay from you know one hundred sixty days ago to culminate yeah. to 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 a great, great, great time. Uh, Nails, man, I appreciate you coming on. Take time out of your week. Um, I don't care what you got going on. Everybody's busy in this day and age. Thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having me. Joe, Pleasure. we missed you tonight, but uh, we'll get back soon. Thank you, Rotoballer.com, for, for everything you do for us. Best place in the world for your daily fantasy needs. If you're thinking about signing up for the PJ Premium, use the promo code TURN to get 10% off when you sign up. Nagels, Bagels, Andrew Putters. Thank you, Rotoballer.com. You've listened to the Turner Fantasy Golf Podcast. Already here, three in the lake. It's going to drive me. It's going to